Welcome to the UND Insider Weekly Podcast. I'm Tim Hennis here along with Brad Schlossman and Tom Miller from the Grand Forks Herald. This is our Frozen Four preview. North Dakota in the Frozen Four once again in Tampa, Florida this year uh, where they will meet uh, Denver in an opening round game on Thursday night. The uh, previous game will be Boston College and Quinnipiac and the other national semifinal from Tampa, Florida. And fellas, uh, it just... We're used to this time of the year, the end of March, early April, uh, still talking UND hockey, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's that, 12 or uh, eight times in 12 years now? I mean, that's uh, unheard of there. 14 know. years in a row in the NCAA, right? 14 years in the, straight in the NCAA, frozen four, eight times in 12 years. And since the year 2000, they've been there. Um, let's see here, they went in uh, 10 times then, I believe. So how many times in a row is it going to take? Uh, dominant regional performance after a subpar conference tournament for uh, people to stop freaking out. About <laughs> the conference yeah. tournament. You know what? Maybe next year if they uh, dominate in the conference tournament, everyone's going to freak out. This yeah. isn't what we're supposed to do. <laughs> Peak, this peaking early. This isn't how <laughs> yeah. it goes for crying out loud. Yeah. The Midwest Regional uh, was interesting with North Dakota beating Northeastern <laughs> and then Michigan. And I know, Brad, you, you mentioned it once. I think you thought maybe two of their, uh, their two best games of the season. I, I'm not sure because they've had so many of those uh, they have, games where yeah. they've played extremely well. But it was not surprising because of the consistency and how this team gets ready to play yeah. games of significance, don't you think? Yeah, I'm trying to think here. I think uh, when they went out to Omaha, they had two really good performances back-to-back. Yeah. Um, but these are right up there, especially considering the stage and – uh, the run that Northeastern had been on to, to lose one time in three and a half months in Hockey East, which has six teams in the tournament. I mean, that's not a fluke, you know. No. You're, you're doing something right. And to go and uh, beat them the way they did, just completely dominate that game and play at the pace that Northeastern just couldn't handle. Um, I thought that was interesting. Um, and uh, the Michigan game, they did the same thing. You know, they, that was a team that's... Uh, pretty dominant offensively and they held them to two goals basically both power play goals i think what's interesting particularly in the michigan game is how in in talking up to that game everybody talks about the the great offense of michigan and you have to watch out for them and you don't want to get a shootout with them and everything else what's interesting to me impressive to me about this north Dakota hockey team is when they've played teams uh, that have the great reputation for a certain game or a certain style or certain players that they impo- uh, they uh, they impose their will on mm-hmm. that team. They have. Yeah. They don't allow that team to play the way they want to play. And I, and I think that to me, instead of, you know, backing up and kind of watching things and, you know, well, let's stop there. <laughs> so, you know, they just go. And they yeah. go after them and make you uh, try to stop them. I think that's impressive, don't you? There wasn't any uh, nervousness or timidness. Uh, I think that was their game plan was to attack uh, not only offensively but defensively and um, you know, you, I saw a few times Kyle Connor come in the zone and he had the puck and he had speed and there were two guys all over him just not letting him get anywhere, uh, you know, when he was trying to enter the zone. And I, I think that was, uh, you know, you know, when you have the, the decor that UND does that's mobile and they can get up there and uh, get in your face pretty quick and they, they, they did a terrific job on those guys. And I guess they'll have to do it again because uh, Danton Heinen, Trevor Moore, and Dylan Gambrell are coming uh, coming to town. I, uh, Kyle Connor asked uh, Coach Barry, I said, is he the fastest guy you've seen? He said, well, there might be faster ones, but they're probably in the NHL. <laughs> that kid can go. Yeah, he can. He? Yeah, they have wow. a couple guys that could really skate. Um, 
I, I thought he was their most dangerous guy offensively of that top line, even though I know Comfer had the two goals and they're, they're all really good players. But when they were entering in the zone and, it, you know, it was Tyler Mott with the puck, it was kind of, you know, whatever. And when it's Comfort, it's whatever. And when Kyle Connor comes in the, in the zone, I think yeah, everyone is holding their <laughs> breath because you don't know what he's going to do. He's got that elite, uh, you know, so many elite skills. We must have had a great U.S. World Junior team if he can't make it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is kicking, that an indictment, Tom? Like U.S. hockey yeah. a little bit? I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's got to be kind of embarrassing. I think. Oh my goodness! No, yeah, I he's. Think he, a, I, I would think he'll be signing with the Winnipeg Jets pretty soon here, and we'll see. I saw Zach Wierenski sign today from uh, Michigan. Yeah, their their best D man there, and you know, Which, I, I didn't think he was a big factor. Not in that at game. all. I, I was going to say he wasn't. I didn't think a yeah. factor at all in that. Tom game. and I were just talking about that last night. That. Uh, I've seen games where he is an extremely large factor, but, you know, that one just, you know, he wasn't there. He didn't do a whole lot. Let's go back to the Northeastern game for a while. They they get the first goal, but uh, certainly didn't seem to phase. But it it was like men against the boys the first two periods of that. The third period, don't you think, I mean, kind of throw out the window a little bit because it was already – I mean, the hay was in the barn. Yeah, that was was a weird weird game how dominant they were right away because at one point you, you kind of look up and you're like, this game's got to be kind of wrapping up, isn't it? And it was, you know, the midway point of the game. It <laughs> yeah. was halfway through the second period. And it was like, oh, there's a lot of time in this thing left. And then I think even when, when Northeastern popped one in there early, semi-early in the third period, uh, I think everybody kind of had to have a, oh, well, well maybe, maybe hang point. on. This game isn't done. Uh, there was a point when they made it 5-2, to two and Cam Johnson made a toe mm-hmm. save on one on his, with his right foot. Yep. That if it's five three now, now they get can a little pull gamey. their goalie at the yeah. end and do some crazy stuff. Yeah, but sure. yeah, uh, I, I thought you made some big timely saves. the The first shot of the game when Northeastern scores, the first three minutes were totally one sided. Yeah. UND completely dominated the first three minutes. They come down, have one shot and score, and you're starting to think, is it going to be one of these again? Is it really? But mm-hmm. then they just went right back to work. And, um, you know, but like I said, by the end of the period, they're up three goals. By uh, the halfway point in the game, it's five to one. And, you know, I think at that point, it's on uh, cruise control. Kajula had a goal. Besser had a goal, a couple of assists. Uh, Schmaltz had a couple of assists. The CBS line was as advertised, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the big thing is, is it wasn't just that line this weekend. The other lines, you know, Johnny Simonson got that, that whole thing started with yep. his goal. And, you know, Trevor Olson. His first since it, October. First since October, yeah. yeah. Trevor Olson made a great play to get that puck back to Keaton Thompson, cycled the puck down low. Someone on our live chat actually just said, uh, why is Trevor Olson in the lineup? And then I swear, no more than 10 seconds later, he cycles that puck around, holds off the guy, gets it to Thompson, pop, and they score a goal. And I'm like, that's why he's in the lineup. But, yeah, um, you know, that line started it. And then, uh, obviously, the, the CBS line got their points. Luke Johnson keeps scoring. and Five in a row, is it now? Or five five uh, goals in the games. last five NCAA games. That's I thought it. I've said it a few times. But I thought the unsung hero, the guy kind of under the radar, was Austin Pagansky. I, I oh. think he had a couple of plays, a hit, a couple of hits, freed up the puck, and North Dakota scored goals on those opportunities. He doesn't get a point, mm-hmm. but I think he made the plays. He was he was a beast. Well, he he led to that Johnson goal. Um, was that in the like Michigan, Michigan game? game? Yeah, yeah. He had a check along the side there, and that's that's what yeah. kind of freed that puck up to Johnson. 
How about that Michigan game, though, for um, physicality with UND? Drake Kajula just He blew, set a tone, I thought. Yeah, blew that guy up. I mean, they're, they're – Good check. It was I a clean hit. I know the Michigan hit. fans went goofy. <laughs> they're a lot like Minnesota fans. They went yeah. crazy about – they, they were begging on a lot, yeah. of, a lot of calls. That was just – and I, I watched the replay on that. And, hands down. Oh, he made a concerted effort to make sure his hands were down. He hit, it, he hit him almost below his sternum on that one, you know, like – he he made sure to keep his hands low, but he finished that hit and. But the referee got him back. I was gonna say that guy got smoked by the referee. <laughs> the second biggest hit in the game went to Drakejula. He was on the receiving end of the biggest hit. Yeah, that was perfect timing for him to get blown up like that too. When the ref came spinning around the back behind the net and was just, he was strong stopping. Yeah, he was just, strong on that hip, and that hip is what hit him, and away he went. Just kind of shrugged him off there. And I think my favorite part of it is Stetcher coming up in celebration. He kind of tapped him on the head. <laughs> Rubs the ref's head. Yeah, After great. he finds out Drake's okay, he goes over and rubs the ref's head. One of the fans said they could see on the uh, on the uh, replay that Drake said, nice hit to the ref afterwards, <laughs> too. Right? In yeah. the post-game locker room when we went in there, I could see Stetcher and Kajula had their phones out playing, yeah. the, playing that video on loop. <laughs> Everyone had the vines up of that uh, play, and they're laughing pretty hard about it. 84 shot attempts against Michigan, and that, uh, I think, explains the dominance right there. But you've uh, uh, pointed out in, in an article, I think it was today's paper, about how well, that's not the first time that teams have dominated Michigan on the shots, and certainly not the first time North Dakota has and, and lost. Yep. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, the crazy thing is um, they outshot Michigan 49-27, to 22-shot disparity. That's the worst shot disparity for a Michigan team in eight and a half years. Um, what's even stranger is that game they got outshot fifty to twenty one against Providence, and, and they, they won, won six to zero. What's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's crazy. And you know, it was the goalie it was Billy Sauer, fifty safe shutout. That's not the same Billy Sauer we saw at the regionals that year, where he. Uh, the folding chair yeah. pads. <laughs> I was going to let you say it. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, interesting. But, yeah, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, Michigan's a team that when they, you know, lose games, it's probably more often than not they outshoot their opponent and, you know, lose. But they, they do not have many games where they get outshot like that. And um, in the last eight and a half years, they've got outshot by 20-plus three times until this and one of them was that uh, Frozen Four game in 2011 where UND outshot them 40 to 20. I think one thing that the Wolverines can take away from it is I think uh, Racine uh, who had been the brunt of a lot of, if they're going to lose it's because he's, he's mm-hmm. lousy, he's a horrible goaltender and gives up a lot of bad goals. He was the reason why that wasn't a lot Absolutely. more. Absolutely. He was terrific in that game, I thought. Um, he was terrific. I thought both nights against Notre he Dame, He was. Too. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he had a very good uh, tournament, and, you know, he was probably one of Michigan's better players on uh, Saturday night. So, yeah, definitely something they can take away from that, although he's a senior. So they lose him, and they have to find uh, someone to replace him now. At least he can walk away feeling pretty he can. He better should. about it. You know, he really can because you know, he I, was maligned, I yeah. think, uh, during most of the season. All-tournament team, Drake Kajula, Luke Johnson, Tucker Pullman, Cam Johnson of uh, UND, and kind of quietly Cam Johnson had another solid weekend, the kind of weekend you kind of expect from him. Huh? Yeah, I, I thought the biggest moments for Cam were – um, Michigan ties it to go two to two, which, by the way, we saw a replay of that goal. Cam was going to stop that. Um, that hit it hit Tucker's, Tucker's glove it and redirected down low. If if that doesn't, he could hit see him. his reaction that yeah. he did something he wasn't expecting. Yeah. Yep. 
And um, after that, right after that, Michigan had like two or three really good scoring looks to take the lead. And Cam was terrific in, in those uh, opportunities and allowed his team to go back down and take the lead. I think Cam Johnson, too, one of the uh, save that sticks out to me is, was it the first 10 seconds of the game? Yeah. Michigan yes. comes Biggest in with a two-on-one, and, and he had, yep. that was one of Michigan's best looks of the day, I thought, and he, you know, because I think if that one goes in, although Northeastern did score first, too, but uh, if that one goes in, people might be uh, playing a little differently. That was okay. Confer, wasn't it? It was uh, Mott from uh, Connor, so they're they're two big guys. Get the that's not the way they drew it up. Is <laughs> let's give uh, Connor and Mott a two Two-on-one on one the eight seconds into the up. game. Yeah. Yikes. So, uh, but yeah, that was a, that was a gigantic save. So onto the Frozen Four, and kind of the elephant in the room. I think everybody would admit is you're a little on edge a little bit when this team gets to a frozen four now because they haven't won one they've been to so many yeah i don't uh, know how how do you think coach barry will deal with that i don't know yeah we'll have to see uh, the guys were all talking about it right away in the locker room and you know i, I talked to Bryn shizik right afterwards and he said uh you know he he wanted to get back to that game they're there and he said we we can't lose we're 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 not going to lose this you know he, he said that this is this is what they've been focused on and uh and he said they it's, it's it has to happen they have to win that game so uh, i think the big thing is the first one getting by the oh first yeah game. absolutely i mean i i think all all bets are off if they get to the saturday night championship game mm-hmm. i don't think there's any of that anymore i think to get rid of the devils is, is yeah. thursday i think you? that's oh for sure and and to play a denver team that's 18 2 and 2 in the last 22 games and um you know a, a really skilled team a very good all-around team i i do think that that's that's the huge challenge in front of them is to to get by that game. And it's not going to be easy because they have to play, you know, one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, do you, you think there'll be a little bit different intensity than the last time UND and Denver played? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little bit. It's the, not the, the third place game anymore. You know what's funny is, uh, what was it, the last time, was it in Tampa? Um, no, it wasn't. I'm trying to think. But the Frozen Four in Pittsburgh was the ECAC third place game. Oh, uh, Quinnipiac and Yale played for third place in the ECAC tournament that year, and that's the national title game then. So um, I guess it's happening again. Here you go again against the Denver team that we saw the total transformation of that team from yep. was it October and November when we played them here to when we played them out there. Although the first game out there maybe still will go down this season as maybe the best hockey game we've seen. And I was a, uh, you know, I think the ESPN guys are going to watch that game on uh, tape to, you know, get background on the teams and just pray that they get one of those uh, on Thursday night in Tampa because that was um, tons of skill, tons of playmaking. Pace was um, incredible. Oh yeah, yep. It was what six five that ended. Uh, yeah, I think it was five four. Five four. Yeah, there were a bunch of NHL scouts there that night and who were coming back the next night, and every one that you ran into was just going off about that game. Like, that's the best college game I've seen all year. That's the best hockey game I've seen well, all CBS year. CBS was just thrilled that they had that one. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> because the next night was kind of a dud. It was. And I saw Dave Starman before the game, and he said, I want to see a, a nine nine goals or something. I want to see a 9-8 to eight game today. And then afterwards, I said, was that good enough for you, Starman? <laughs> he said, oh, yeah. There was a little pace to that one. Uh, so what's the key for, for UND? Uh, Tom, what do you think? against Denver? Well, I think it'll be interesting to see if uh, 
UND's line that they're trying to match up with the top lines, with Luke Johnson, Austin Paganski, and Rick Gardner, if they can slow down another top line. Clearly Denver's got uh, something going there with uh, Denton Heinen's line. So um, I'm curious to see if they can keep that going or does do opponents have enough, uh, you know, kind of video on that line to know where to poke and prod to, to break through with them? You've got to somehow follow Heinen or whatever because he's, he's kind of lazy, sleepy, <laughs> and I don't mean those as negatives on him. It sounds like it, but all of a sudden, boom, he's there yeah. when it when he needs yeah, to, when something needs to happen. And uh, a good example was the NCHC third place game. Yeah. He was invisible for most of that game, and then boom, he makes a play. And it's yeah. you know, it's that, that that's uh, that's the mark of some of these great lines is um, and, and some great players. I think They're, like we talked about with a guy like Besser, he might have an average game, even a below average game. But he might have the puck for five seconds and do something that no Western guy on the ice can't do. Classic, yes, that was right? it. That was it. He he had he did not have a good game, but he was the one who made the difference in that game because he got the puck in the scoring area, and in two That's seconds he turned it into a goal. I think the difference to me, the mindset difference a little bit is being around this team and then talking to the coaches and stuff and such is that they are. They're content. They're not going to worry too much about that. They're content. You know, we're going to go in and get it. Mm-hmm. As we talked about, they impose their will on Michigan. They impose their will on Northeastern. And I think that's what they have every intention of doing that against Denver mm-hmm. instead of worrying about what Denver can do. Mm-hmm. Let's do what we do and make them chase us. I, I think, think that was my. I think that's a little bit of a different mindset. I think it, that, that was the thing that surprised me the most is I didn't think they would be able to impose their will on those teams as uh, handily as they did. Um, I, I thought it was going to be a more back-and-forth game. I, I really didn't think they were going to be able to dominate. I mean, they do- dominated those games like they were playing, uh, honestly, an eighth-place WCHA team. Like, they were, yeah. they were, uh, it was like they were playing Huntsville, those games, or, you know, um, where they were just simply that much better than the opponent. And I, you don't expect to see that at the national tournament. Because I don't think there's, if you watch Sunday's game, Ferris State and Denver, the way Ferris State, what do they call it, their waves or whatever the... the the trap is what they were doing. I mean, it was a different kind of, and that gave Denver a little bit of problems. But UND's not going to—they're not going to look at that and go, "Oh, no. we should maybe do that." No, that's what, no they're no. going. Here's how we do it, yeah. and stop us. I think, and yeah. I think that's a little bit different mindset than it's been in the past. Yeah, yeah. Well, Quinnipiac and BC. What do you think? Um, you know, Quinn, I keep looking at Quinnipiac's record, and you you have to double take. They've only lost three times this year. That's pretty incredible. To they were really season. lackluster in the first period against Lowell, and then all oh, of yeah. a sudden, boom. yeah, yeah. But uh, Boston College, a great defensive core, great goaltender. Um, they just seem to be a team that rises up at this time, and. You know, we're already uh, talking uh, if UND is to break this drought of uh, national championships, would would there be a more appropriate way than to uh, finally slay the dragon? Finish her off with DC. That would be fun. That's for sure. That's next Thursday night. It's the 7.30 game in uh, Grand Forks in Central Time, uh, preceded by the Quinnipiac and Boston College game. Anything else, guys? That's about it, eh? <laughs> Hey, right. where, where were we covering the games this weekend? Where were we in the Midwest Regional? What city? Cincinnati. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure you got it this time. <laughs> Did you drop any of those uh, at the end of the game? No. Okay. <laughs> no, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's because the game was over. I had time to think about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. You can subscribe to this podcast and our sister podcast, Sit Down and Cheer, which is 
and on deck here, I think, on iTunes as well as on SoundCloud. Don't forget to rate the podcast and leave a review. You can also get access to the latest releases on the podcast of the podcast by following at UND Insider on Twitter. It has all the information and links on where you can listen and watch your favorite UND sports live and on demand. Join us for an all-new podcast in a couple of weeks after the Frozen Four will wrap it up. For David Folsky, Tom Miller, and Brad Schlossman, Tim Hennessy, this is UND Insider Weekly Podcast. Thanks. Until next time, have a good week. Or two.